Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. Wednesday, June 19, 2019, there are approximately 196 days left in the year. If you have not started a movement by now, you will after today's show. I am Shannon D. Hughes, and you are now part of the movement. The movement can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America's Influences channel. And you can also listen to the replays on iTunes, Google Play, and also Stitcher and Spotify as well. If you have any questions, you can call the show. The show number is 866-472-5795. That's 866-472-5795. International, thank you for uh, all the emails that I got last week. You can also call in at 001-480-398-1405. Let me repeat that again. 001-480-398-1405. If you don't want to talk at all, please just send an email at Shannon at Shannon D Hughes. That's the movement.com Shannon at Shannon D Hughes. That's the movement.com. We share the ups and downs, the pitfalls and the victories to come. This show connects stories of the human spirit. And my guest today does that as well. Loves helping others lead happy and fulfilling lives. A certified professional life and happiness coach. She guides her clients to make, constructive changes in their behaviors and thoughts, which will result in improved relationships and individual growth. She believes that by examining personal interactions and professional goals, the path to empowerment and success will become clear. She has a very unique ability to listen to our clients and truly understand how to help them and help them move forward. She has a lot going on. And she also was one that decided to make a career move to just to go and serve people and help them out. She's been a friend of mine for a little while. It took me over a year to get on the show, but, you know, she's got things to do, but now she gets to talk to me for an hour. Jennifer Ricci, welcome to the movement. How are you? Oh, well, Shannon, thank you very much, and uh, it's an honor to be here and uh, on the uh, the movement, and um, I had an opportunity to listen to some of your previous guests, and just so inspiring and heartfelt, and, and uh, for you to put this together, that's a blessing, and again, I appreciate being on your show, and uh, so thank you for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. You know, I've been trying to get you on for a minute. And like I said, <laughs> we are supposed to take care of each other, and hopefully, um, you know, if the show continues to do so, and sharing our stories is what I like to do, which is what I would like to do with you at this time. So, Janet, what I like to do with my guests, I like to start way, 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 way <laughs> back at the beginning. So I want Janet to share with the audience, you know, her childhood, what was it like, where you grew up, what was it like growing up? Talk about your childhood for a little bit. All right. Well, to go way back, I first got to, you know, uh, got to just bring my mom into the picture uh, briefly. Uh, my mom, uh, she came over from Puerto Rico. Her, uh, just, she was a little under two years old. Her mother, uh, well, my grandmother, sold a farm and had livestock out in Puerto Rico. And so she moved to Chicago. So on the north side of Chicago, that's where I'm from. I guess people, a lot of people may know that. But uh, so, um, so my mom, again, she uh, was the youngest of eight. And her mother, as I mentioned, came over from Puerto Rico. And uh, then it was just with my mom that she slowly brought the other 
three younger siblings. And um, so, yeah, so that's uh, a little bit. And then I say my mom because, uh, unfortunately, my dad was really not in the picture. And so my mom had a play. Well, not play, but she stood up and took both roles as a father and a mother and definitely blessed for that. Um, so I grew up in uh, the north side of Chicago, actually uh, in a housing project. And um, so the north side, uh, Damon and Levitt area, um, can't mm-hmm. recall the name, but that's where I grew up. Um, mainly the first eight years of my life. And people think, oh my goodness, a housing project. But there was a sense of community at that time. Uh, you know, kids out playing, fathers out playing softball. There was like a baseball field. And so at that time, we didn't have cell phones. So right. the way, you know, so our moms couldn't, you know, they couldn't pick up the phone and, and say, yeah, you got to get your butt home. And uh, so, but they would just <laughs> yell out the window. And um, I didn't have a middle name, but they called me Nyeka. So, uh, oh, I hated that. I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't know what I hated <laughs> most was being my mom yelling out Nyeka or Nyeka, it's time to come home, whether it's time to call home, home part, because it, it was fun. Again, there was a sense of that community, the t- togetherness, and uh, that was probably one of the happiest memories, uh, you know, as a child. And my mom was actually, uh, my mom came up from a strict family. So in order for her to mm-hmm. move out the house, she actually had to get married. So she married, I'm the youngest of three. She married my brother's and sister's father. And, um, but shortly after that, they divorced. And um, so she met my dad and I was somewhat of a love child. And, um, but he didn't, he gave her a, a choices. Either you give me your, give me Janet or I'm pretty much going to, you know, got to step away. And my mom, right. obviously, she was not going to do that. So, um, so he kind of stepped out of my life during that time. And she remarried and my stepfather came into the picture for about, I was maybe like a, uh, a year, a little over a year. So that was a father figure that I knew for at least eight years of my life, and I felt that stability, and um, and it felt good, you know. And so it's like having a father and a mother around. It was just like wow, these are great times. And uh, but unfortunately, you know, things kind of fell apart, and um, so they, you know, eventually separated, then divorced, and and then there was that void and that loss because I was close mm-hmm. to him. I remember when he right. would shave, and, and it was like, you know, facial hair would sit there, and I would just love watching him. I mean, I admired him. He was a good father. I looked at him as a father at that time. So then my mom, you know, I had to make some changes. We moved to the uh, Humble Park area, and my mom did not realize at that time the, the impact on gang. You know, there was a lot of gangs there, so she just made that move. You know, maybe at that time that was all she could afford or whatever the case may be. And she did not like, you know, she didn't like the neighborhood. And uh, she was concerned about my oldest brother, Emil. And, but uh, it was a little too late. He kind of got caught up in the games. And um, she thought by moving, it would change. So we moved to the West Rogers Park area. And right. it was a little bit different. There were not many Hispanic families at that time. So... And then my mom was, you know, pretty private. She was not the type of 
person that she, she's just going to knock on your door and say, hey, let me introduce myself. That was just not her. So there was, again, that, that sense of loss of community. And um, so there, you know, I may have been 11 years old at the time. And so, you know, there, I felt, you know, I was kind of lost a little bit. And But what kept me inspired and what kept me just, um, I don't know, to fill that void of emptiness was reading. I would read daily. And, and plus, my mom was strict, so the only time I can get out was to go to the library. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to go and get some books. And, uh, but I would just read, read, read every single day. And, and I was inspired by American history. And I just felt there was this connection with, with reading. I mean, it just, there's something to my soul. And, and I, uh, and, you know, and the cups. That was another passion of mine, was reading and my cubbies. And uh, so, um, so, yeah, so my childhood dream was either go, to go to Harvard University and study law, and people say, well, why did, would you have um, Harvard? It was a lot of the history books that I was reading with, like New England and learning about the history. I was just fascinated with everything that was happening in that area of our country. That I'm like, I want to go there and study there. And it was that or play for the Cubs. So, and obviously, um, <laughs> somebody shattered my dream. I remember one of my male cousins telling me, well, they will never let a girl play baseball. And I can remember that where I was sitting. I was in the kitchen. You know, when someone tells you something like that, like something negative, you it, it just, you, you feel shattered. And I was like, wow. And I just gave up. I was like, well, that's not going to happen. And so then I focused on academic success. That was always important to me. Um, was just, all right, well, I'm going to succeed academically. And um, so, you know, there, you know, as he, my mom was kind of going, you know, working two jobs, doing what she could to maintain. And, you know, when you have three kids and you're taking care of them on your own without much of a support system, she didn't, she was not able to push me academically like that, say, you know, I'm going to be on you. And, and so once I got into junior high school, I, I fell off and um, I was kind of considered, I would be, you know, I was called a nerd and a tomboy and I didn't like that. I was like, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to fit in. So then there comes that peer pressure, and I felt it intensely in eighth grade. Oh, my God, you know, I mean, I, how can I make friends? I mean, I feel so rejected. And then there comes that, that sense of rejection. It just takes you back to as a child, like, well, my father rejected me, so what's wrong with me? So that was on my mind. I don't like the feeling of rejection. So I'm like, I got to, uh-huh. what can I do to fit in? So, and what I did, you know, I just kind of gave up on, you know, education. I'm like, I'm just going to focus on just hanging out and being with the cool kids. And because it, it felt good. It felt like, wow, you know, I'm being accepted. And as when we were teens, we, we want that. We want to feel that sense of, you know, we're accepted. Especially when there's a lack of support system, we kind of fall into the cracks of, surrounding ourselves with others that may not be good for us, but it feels good. And, um, and that's what I felt like. I mean, that's what I felt back then. And uh, so when I had applied for high schools, I mean, I had an opportunity to go to one of the best schools in, in uh, Chicago. And, but I lied to my mom and said that I was not accepted. 
that was not the case. I just wanted to go to, at that time, was probably one of the worst schools in the north side of Chicago. And so, and that's kind of when things started falling apart, where I just got caught up, you know, in the wrong crowd. And uh, then I didn't realize the struggles that my mom was going through. She was falling apart. We just looked at it, you know, as kids, you don't see that what you, right. you know, because we're too young to recognize that, like, you know, it's it's hard to feel that pain that she was going through, how she must have felt. Like, ma, you know, my these kids that are have all over the place. They're doing their own thing. They're out here. They're they they're not you know listening. They're not obeying the rules. So it's like she kind of not threw her hands up as far as giving up, but that sense of hopelessness. Like she didn't have a support system. I can see that now. I didn't see it back then because I was too caught up in me. You know, and what I was doing with my so-called friends that I didn't see that she was slowly breaking down. And then, so she lost a lot emotionally, spiritually, and financially. So she didn't really have a place of her own. So she was kind of, you know, uh, in between places. And so I didn't have a home as well. So when I I actually dropped out of high school and I dropped out because of, um, I was actually threatened. And uh, the school that I went to, they know about mm. my brother being a different in the gang, and so they, so these are the friends that I had in eighth grade, assume, oh, you must be spying on me. And I mean, spying on us. I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it was, and so to go to school every day and be threatened, like, you know, uh, our 10, 12 girls, like, we're going to, after class, we're going to get you. And there was that fear. I'm like, okay, I got no one to protect me. So the, at that time, I'm like, I'm just going to drop out of high school. So during that time, I would just stay by friends' home. You know, they would sneak me in and, um, you know, for a place to sleep because, you know, again, my mom, you know, she didn't have a place. So then there were nights that I would just, my friends couldn't do that. So I would walk to the neighborhoods. I'd go to an entry door. If it was unlocked, that would be the place that I would sleep for the night. So that happened for about a month. And then there was, I woke up and I said, you know what, Janet? what are you going to do? You know, you can't, this is not the life you want. You go from wanting to go to Harvard and, and these dreams and you're so focused and, you know, it's, and it, it just tugged at my soul and I didn't have no one guiding me or supporting me, telling me these things. So I had to tell myself that, but I'm not a religious fanatic, but I also know that God was there guiding me and people, you know, they tell me, you know, like, why do you have this? This just is love and admiration. You didn't go to church all the time when you were in because you don't have to. You feel it in your soul, and that's what I felt. I felt this presence. I was guided, and I turned my life around, and I went back to school. I registered to an alternative school, and I got to uh, work two part-time jobs so that I can kind of just eventually find my own little apartment. And that's, those jobs that didn't seem... You know, there are those that say, oh, that's really not much. But those are the jobs that kind of shaped me, informed me to become an entrepreneur because there was that structure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't look at it just as a job. I looked at it as a learning experience. Like, what, you know, what are these business owners doing? What, you know, what's the system that they have in place? And it's a system. I mean, to be successful, you have to, you know, there has to be structure. And there was that structure. And I, I would go in and I'm learning. I'm, and I'm 
just so it was not like, okay, I'm just here for a paycheck. I'm here because I want to know, you know, how do you run a business effectively? And I would watch, observe, and learn. And, uh, and so that led me to become, you know, an entrepreneur. So, um, and I started my first business when I was 18. I worked for a communications company. Well, it was called Rockwell Beepers at the time. And what they did was, that was some time ago, if I'm saying beepers, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. but then I, so then they sold, they were, they wanted to move back to their country. They were uh, uh, from Iran at that time. And so they, so then I was like, well, I made some phone calls and to their vendors and for their authorized dealers, dealers for their cell phones and their pagers and and I just asked questions like, you know, what do I have to do to take over? What are the steps? And that was one of the, uh, uh, that was the first company I had. But then I changed the name of Skyline Communications. And so then I also, you know, uh, developed other, you know, business ideas and did some outbound marketing for small businesses, did some inbound marketing, uh, 24 inch, uh, excuse me, 24-hour answering service. And we also, because cell phones were just hitting the market at the time, and it was expensive for people to own phones. So what uh, what we would do is we would rent to vendors that were, you know, at the expos or the setups at the booths, like Taste of Chicago. So I, you know, got creative with that, and um, so yeah, that led to the the start of my um, becoming an entrepreneur. <laughs> Wow. Jennifer Ricci is my guest here on The Movement. The Movement can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice of America and the Influencers Channel. Let me ask you a very, it's probably going to sound like a very generic question to you. And as I'm listening to you talk and I'm jotting stuff down, it seems like from, you're talking about from the beginning, it seems like, and it's more of a comment than a question. I'm just going to let you respond to it. Mm -hmm. It seems like from day one, it seemed like Janet was always searching for something. It seemed like everything that you went through, you know, you know, not having, you know, a stable male figure, at least for most of your life, at least, and then mom, you know, moving here and there and you going through the things in school. It seems like you were searching for something all the time. So like we're a private investigator from day one, like what, what is it that I want? What is it that I need? And, you know, let me get to it. So I guess my question to you would be, were you just, like when obstacles were thrown in your way, you just said, you know what, just keep looking, just keep going. It it never seemed like, from what you're telling the audience, that you stopped and had a pity party. You just said, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. And it seems like some of that comes from your mom, especially getting you out of the rough neighborhoods and moving everything. It just seems like Janet just said, just keep plugging away. Is that a fair assessment or would you look at it differently? Yeah, I, I had to, you know, I look back at my mom's situation because I was, must admit, I, I was upset at her during the time. I, I felt that, you know, like I could have been in college, I completed college, I, all this would have happened, but then I look at my life, I can't have any regrets because everything unfolds for a reason. I have two beautiful kids that may not have been here if I, you know, if the things that I had a face as a child, as a teenager, if I never dealt with those things, so I would never want to change it, and um, so, but I was carrying that, I was still carrying that, that, that 
been saved, I was better towards my life. I felt like, wow, you know, it's like, it's you could have done more than But then I realized she was doing the best that she could with the tools and the resources that she had. Right. And then being a single mother myself, I realized that, I mean, fortunately, I have the tools. Fortunately, I had the resources. I could put my kids in private schools. I can keep them away from what I don't want them to experience that I had experienced as a, as a teen. And, um, but she didn't have that, you know, she, uh, so I, I, it's now we have the greatest relationship because I admire her, you know, and, and I tell her that almost every day, thank you. And, uh, so yeah, a lot of it is from the strength of my mother. And, uh, I mean, she instilled in me that attitude. You just can't give up. Yeah. You're going to break. We are going to break, yes. but it's just how right. do we get back up? What do we do to just say, you know what? Yes, I'm broken. It's all also acknowledging I am broken. You know, it's nothing's wrong. Nothing is wrong with being broken. You know, there, you can't feel ashamed. I mean, because if you feel ashamed and you try to just, you know, just sweep it under the rug like nothing's wrong with you, then how are you going to get right back up? How are you going to mend that, you know, that brokenness. And so that's the key thing is just saying, you know, yes, I hit rock bottom. I, I've been there, but I can lift myself back up. So it was just having that mindset. And it's, and yeah, and sometimes I surprise myself. I look back at my life. I'm like, God, Janet, where did you get that? Where did you get that mindset that you just didn't say, I'm going to give up? And as I mentioned, you know, God, my mom and and then, fortunately, some friends that I made along the way that believed in me. And that's the key thing. It's important to have people that believe in you, that can inspire you. And, uh, right. you know, that's, you need that. I love it. I love it. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number. You are with my guest, Jennifer Ritchie. And um, we have about four minutes until the break. You've mentioned your kids just a couple of times. I want you Talk about your kids for a second. Being a single mom, talk about that for a second while we get into the break. Well, my yeah, my kids are my blessing. I, I, I'll be honest. There was a time I didn't think I wanted to have kids because I was so free spirited. I just loved the excitement of just just picking up, and going, and not having that right. concern. I loved kids. I mean, I was probably the best aunt in the world. But but it was nice to be like, here you go, I'm handing them back to you, and. But so when my kids came into my life, I mean, my son is the oldest, but it was a humbling experience because then I realized it's not only me, it's, you know, it's because at that time, I must admit, yeah, I, you know, there were still things that I didn't dealt with. I kind of wouldn't say that I became, I was cold, but yet I just was so protective of my love. You know, I had this wall and once you have a child, there's no wall between you, the love of a child and a mom, you, there is nothing in between. And uh, so when Michael came, it was it, it was just a beautiful blessing. That was my first my first one. Then when my daughter, I was it just both of them. I, I love them. They they've made me the person that I am, the mom that I am, and I'm grateful that I am their mom. So, but it wasn't easy. I mean. That's why I believe, you know, it's so important for fathers. It doesn't matter what issues you may have, uh, and the moms, just 
don't let that come between the relationship with your child. You know, every child, right. whether it's a son, a daughter, they need their father. They need that. They need that presence because you don't want them going out in the streets and looking for joining gangs or getting involved with the wrong people. That you, you, you know, fortunately I was able to protect my kids from that, but I didn't hide it. I, you know, we have those conversations of what's out there, what, you know, how you have to be mindful. Don't get sucked in into that life. And um, so, you know, it's, there's no excuse, no excuse at all not to be there for, for your child. There's trains, there's planes, and there's buses. And we even have cars, yes. right? So it's, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, so, it's so vital. You know, and because um, yes. I know how I felt not having that father. But then I, in time, I look at, it, you know, I'm like, actually, he lost out. He lost out on two wonderful, amazing grandchildren and a daughter who overcame obstacles but wasn't better against the world. And, um, but I forgive him. I look at, you know, you have to be able to forgive and let go. And I, you know, forgiveness is, that's just, it's so important. And I, I tell that to my, you know, to my clients that are struggling, you know, it's, can't hold on to that bitterness. I mean, it ages you. Right. It's, it just, uh, it drains you. It, it's something you don't want to hold on to. And uh, so that's, it's, so my kids are, yeah, they're my everything, and but I got to touch up on something quickly. When my daughter left uh, the college last uh, year, that was devastating, and uh, it was one of those things because they were like, I always there was something always to do. There was games every weekend, and so I had there was something going on, and and that helped me not deal with that wounded child. There was always this wounded child, and it resurfaced. Once my daughter left, and there was all this time, this alone time, and I, I was just kind of devastated. And I had someone who told me, get over it. You're a life coach. People just assume since you're a life coach, you, you don't hurt or you don't feel pain. Right. And right. You, we're human. We're going to, we hurt, we feel pain, we may process it a little quicker, but it was that inner child that was reaching out to me saying, hey, you put me on the back burner for so many years, and I understand that, but it's time now to heal me. It's time that, right. you know, just, and I, and that last year, I had to do that. I had to seek the therapy to work on what I dealt with as a teen to heal that inner child, and, and once, it, and that was the best I'm going to ask you to pump the brakes for a second because we got it. We're oh, up against absolutely. the brakes. So I apologize for cutting you off. Okay. So oh, we're with problem. my guest, Janet, Jennifer Ricci, and we will be right back when we talk about her career, her career and her career change and what she's doing to help people. We will be right back with my guest, Jennifer Ricci, right here on The Movement right after this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. 
Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. You are 23 and you have taken over the day-to-day sales and operations of, at that time, the nation's largest grocery distribution company, growing the company's annual sales to more than $80 million. Then that company gets bought out and then he grows the now combined companies to sales for annual sales to $1.8 billion. Then he loses it all. How did all of this happen? On the next episode of The Movement, founder and CEO of Real Estate Worldwide, Kent Clothier joins the show. Kent talks about growing up as a young entrepreneur, having a tough-minded dad that always expected great, losing everything financially, getting divorced, having a child at an early age, then turning it all around and getting it all back to become one of the most respected and influential thought leaders in real estate and in business. Kent Clothier, CEO and founder of Real Estate Worldwide, will be my guest next week on The Movement. The Movement can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America's Influencers Channel. And speaking of amazing people, we are here with creative coach Janet Farici here on The Movement. This first half, she has really told a beautiful story, but now we want to talk about the shift or the movement, as we say. So I had uh, mentioned a little bit you going into real estate, so I want you to talk about yeah. mm-hmm. um, talking about how you got your start and then, you know, what made you want to change mm-hmm. gears. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk about that right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I actually got into real estate because I it was a flexibility of being able to spend that time with my kids and also to work. And, uh, you know, and so that was important to me, you know. Um, so when I pr- purchased my first condo, I just the, the agents that I had at that time, they were, I just appreciated that just, I, I'm like, they discussed everything with me. They took their time. So it was not like, all right, this is just a sales process. It was more like, you know, um, listening. And, and I've always felt that I was a good listener. I'm like, oh, this may will be a good fit for me. So I got into real estate while I was living in Chicago, um, you know, took the, the course and what have you and worked for a company. I'm not going to say any names, but 
my first, uh, you know, transaction, and this was only one week or maybe less than two weeks in the business, I'm like, you know, I've, I have a client that's going to make an offer. And so they're, they were like, okay, you know, just call us when you're there and we can help. Like, wait a minute, you guys, you're going to call, I got to call you guys. I'm here on my own. And, and that was, that, that was, um, was probably one of the worst experiences that I had as a realtor because I didn't know what to do. And the listing agent was, was upset because she was actually, you know, doing both of the transactions. But that time I knew what, how important it was to have leadership. In any business, the real estate, whatever it may be, you want to find a managing broker that's going to be there to guide you, that's not going to say, hey, you got it. You don't have it when you're doing the business. But I didn't let that discourage me. I went with another company and made things happen. And I was, I was, I loved it. I was just like making the phone calls and pulling out the, uh, printing out the listings, meeting them and just uh, getting them excited. And, but I listen, it's so important. Again, you listen to the needs of your clients. You just don't show them what you think they're going to like. You show them what they want, what they're telling you that, you know, because you would save a lot of time driving your buyers if you just take time and listen. And so I was more of a buyer's agent. And then eventually I'm like, I am getting burned out by this. And uh, I spent a lot of time as a buyer's agent. So I lived in Florida for a short period of time. And then I wanted to get more on the uh, the listing side. But the company that I was working with, they were just giving those listings to their family members. And I'm like, oh, this is, what am I going to do? So instead of saying, well, forget it, I said, I'm just going to go on my own. And so then I started my own uh, real estate company and uh, when I was down in Florida. And I, um, and I didn't, you know, at that time, I, to, you know, build up my business. I was working with a lot of buyers, but then I was also working uh, with listing agents on medical spaces. And I, you know, there was some interest with commercial spaces. And so I wanted to kind of open my mind uh, onto other opportunities. I didn't want to get just stuck with, I mean, not say stuck, but just didn't want to stay here. I wanted to expand. And I think with any, in real estate, I mean, if you got to be creative and what, how I sustain in real estate was being creative, was offering options to sellers. And it was mm-hmm. not like a one-stop shop. Here, you're going to pay this commission. I'm not going to negotiate. I would sit with them, what are your needs? And I would listen. You know, if you can do this and that, uh, then I can probably work with you in this area so you can save some money. And that was a concept that I did here in Wisconsin, was uh, kind of more of a fee base. I mean, it's not you know, it's not accepted because, you know, people are like commission, commission. But if you're on your own, you have the right to create your own ideas. And that is what I did. But then there was a time I'm like, I, there's something else for me. And I, real estate is great. There's some money and, and uh, you know, you can have a flow when the market is right. But there was more to me than just making money. It was, there was a passion of like, you know, when I was working with these sell- with sellers and, would have you, even buyers, you know, just taking the time to really listen. I, I realized, God, I, I love listening to people. I love learning about their needs, you know, and, uh-huh. and some of them would share personal stories and she, they felt comfortable with me talking to me. And, and uh, I've, you know, and that made me feel good that I, people who know me know that, you know, I, I don't judge. You're free to be who you are. And then when I transitioned uh, to focus more on my coaching, 
uh, it was a decision I had to make. I, I knew that I was going to lose some income, but my mindset is that as long as I can put my kids through college and help them as much as I can, that's my biggest concern financially. You know, everything else, I mean, right now it's on the back burner. Let me focus on my passion, and, and that's guiding people to healthier relationships. And so I got into relationship coaching because I, I understand, you know, it's all about communication. It's sometimes our body language and with our partners and how we, you know, it's, we've learned. I mean, I brought my life experience into my business where I learned a lot from it, and it was being able to guide others. Uh, and so with the coaching last a couple of years ago, that's when I decided I just put real estate aside and, and focus on, on, on my coaching. And, and I'm doing what I want to do more of is motivational speaking for um, high-risk teens. And people look at me when I tell them, they're like, are you nuts? I mean, why would you want to do that? That's difficult. There's nothing difficult about helping teens. That's my passion. And, uh, uh-huh. it's, you know, it's, they need that. And, and, it's, and I feel it. Sometimes we have a calling, and my calling, I want to feel that I can make a positive impact because I've been there. I know the challenges. And, uh, and I know what it's like to have someone believe and say, you know, I believe in this person, you know, and, uh, they, well, this person believes in me. It, gets, it encourages them. And like in relationships, it's, you know, when I talk with my clients, you got to love yourself first. You know, sometimes take that time. People want to jump from one relationship to another without really healing or really finding out what they really want. Sometimes you just right. want to be on your own, and it's okay to be on your own. It's okay to have that just get out. I mean, I spend a lot of time on and it does not bother me, you know, and it's right. because me that's kind of, yes, it's kind of, you know, you reach within, like, and it, you know, it's, you got to feel comfortable. Not everyone's comfortable being alone, and, but you, right. but once you love yourself fully, it, it's wonderful. And then when you're ready to enter that relationship, you're going to have a healthier relationship. And, uh, but the tools for a healthy relationship, communication, and this is being transparent and vulnerable. But then people are like, well, how can I be vulnerable? I've been hurt so many times. You know, there are people, unfortunately, that will hurt you. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. But then there are people who are going to truly love you. But don't, you know, don't wear that mask. Be comfortable being who you are. And because a person's going to love you just the way you are. Um, so, but yeah, and so teen, as far as volunteering, that I got into, uh, it's called Now Secure Futures. So that's part of something I, I do with some, well, mainly the uh, inner city high schools, but they're kind of throughout Wisconsin, but it's a financial literacy program so that teens are well aware of what they're going to get into financially and they have the tools and the resources to prepare them, um, you know, to be wise. And because there's, there will be those that will take advantage, you know, and then the last thing you want to do is get caught up in, and financial debt because you're not aware right. of just how to manage money. And then another thing that I do is mentoring at the River West Food Pantry. What we do is, as a mentor, you know, there are those who just kind of been knocked down. But just because they're knocked down doesn't mean we can't help them. And, and But it's more helping not just with the resources, but once again, it comes to touching that human heart is just connecting. Don't make, you know, it's to make a person feel like they're a human 
being first. It doesn't matter how much money they have. It doesn't matter that they were homeless or whatever the case may be. They're still a person. And when you have that mindset and when you do volunteer, it's, it's gratifying because you're doing it from a place of love. And, uh, and that's, that's the key. Do it because you want to make a difference. And um, so as far as, and that's pretty much, well, like I said, my transition to the coaching and um, that's my passion. And, but again, what I want to work towards is, is getting out there and spending more time with high risk teams. And, you know, I'm still looking for opportunities, but it's amazing. I reach out, the doors are not open. I'm like, here, I want to make a difference, but there's a lot of programs for for male teens, but there's not many programs for female teens. And so if anyone knows of an opportunity, they can reach out to me or wants more information on my, for the coaching, they can reach out to me as well. And um, my website is, uh, you know, Creative Coaching LLC. And um, then also my telephone number. And again, I'm always looking for opportunities to make a difference in, in a teen's life. So. I'm always available for that. Love and respect that. 866-472-5795 is the toll-free number here at the moment on voiceamerica.com. I want to back up just a second. And one of the the joys Mm -hmm. I have doing this show is when I have people tell their story and they talk about their movements and their life. Um, You had mentioned earlier about being in high school and then you, you know, kind of dealt with some friction with, the people that were in school and all of this other stuff. And now Mm -hmm. you want to speak to at-risk teens. It's funny how God works (laughs) that stuff that you went through and how it comes full circle. And now you're Mm -hmm. wanting to speak to at-risk teens. So I, because most people would probably, and I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone listening Mm -hmm. to this show. A lot of people will buckle because sometimes that is trauma that even if they make it to adulthood, people don't recover from because it hasn't been addressed. Or, you know, mm-hmm. it's just too tough for them to admit that there's an issue that still lingers from 8, 9, 10, 11. I don't care what the issue is, be it if you had a drug issue or, God forbid, if you were molested as a child or whatever. And a lot of people will fold or, God forbid, something else tougher than that. But you were able to kind of harness it. And I don't know if you realized that as I was listening, that now you're speaking to at-risk teens because of some of the stuff that you witnessed you know, coming up as a kid. So I take my hat off to you for that. And I, I kind of laugh at people when they say, well, how would you, why would you want to talk to at-risk teens? Or why would you want to go out and do it? As well, first of all, someone's got to do it, first of all. And secondly, mm-hmm. teens that are at risk or whatever become one of being adults that are hard, really hard to handle and stop. So if you can get yeah. in front of them and let them know there's a better way, there's a better life, there's always an option, there's always opportunities out there and somebody cares about you that goes a long way to people um years and years later so i want to take my hat off to you for saying uh for doing that and i'm sure after the show there'll be a lot of people contacting you so um much respect for that but uh, let me ask you a question um Mm -hmm. when you finally said bye-bye real estate and janet said all right here we go, because you and I are kind of the same. But I'm a success coach as well, business and professional, uh, business and personal. W- w- was Janet excited? Was Janet nervous? Was Janet both? Was Janet something else when you said, okay, I've decided to do this thing, and I know this is my passion. 
huh, now, how do I, now I don't say how much do I get started, just more of, all right, which way do I go first? So tell me what Janet's like initial reaction after you stepped away from real estate. You, you have to be ready for it. There can't be any hesitation. There has to be you give it your awe or you don't do it. I had to make the decision to give it my awe. There was no, I'm going to do this, I'm going to dabble here and dabble there. There's no way. I mean, if you're going to do real estate, it needs your full attention. And I was not, I knew that I, I, I had to give it my awe to be at a place where I can give my clients my awe. And that was, you know, so making that decision, yes, there was fear in place. It was more so, okay, like income, there may be that loss of income. And, but you can't let that, you know, it's like, how myself, you can't fear that it's, there's going to be a way there, you know, you'll make it through. So just keep pushing myself saying, no, you've got this. So, I mean, I, I just kind of coaching myself through saying, telling myself, you can do this. You are meant to do this. This is who you are. This is, this is your passion, and talking to you right now, I can feel it. It's when you're passionate about something. It doesn't matter what you're passionate about, how little it may seem to other people. That's your passion. That's what you feel. That's what makes you wake up and you feel alive, and that's what gives you that, that force of energy, and you're feeling it, go for it. That's what, don't hold back, and I had to make a decision. I am not going to hold back, and of course, with anything... Yes. There's going to be some struggles along the way. You've got to do your marketing. You've got to connect with people, and I'm fine with that. And and if any business, you've got to put in work to be successful. I love it. I think one of the things that I teach to talk to my clients about is if you follow the money, you're going to be bankrupt. But if you follow your passion, you'll be enriched forever. Yes. So if you follow Absolutely. your passion... Everything else will kind of take care of itself. Now, it took me a minute personally to get out of that. Let me be very clear to this mm-hmm. audience and to you. That <laughs> it took me a minute to get out of that mindset because, look, we do need money to keep and, and, and drive and, and buy clothes and pay bills and all of that stuff. But it's not the end-all, end-all. Now, people will say, well, it's easy because you have it. But all I'm saying is if you're focused on the money, you're going to be bankrupt. You have to admit mm-hmm. uh, financially, emotionally, spiritually, and you're going to start doing things that you probably, and I'm sure you would agree, probably are, have no business doing uh, morally, mm-hmm. illegally. You, you, you're going to start making decisions that sometimes you may not come back from. So that's one that, that that's what I like what you say. If you follow your passion, all of that stuff is just going to come full circle and you're just going to look oh, up and say, if I didn't follow my passion, I don't know where I would be. And that's what I'm doing is you and I kind of chat here, here from time to time. And that's what mm-hmm. I started to kick in the gear in the last couple of years. And I remember you telling me that you were transitioning to a coach. And that was a couple of years ago. And now here you are. So mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you for following your passion. And oh, I think thank that you. Thank I you. Think in, t- in today's world, um, there's many messages that can be shared. That I think that's one of them. Uh, people don't live fulfilled lives because they're they they're afraid if they follow their passion, it might fail. To me, you've already mm-hmm. failed if you don't try to follow your passion. Um, go Absolutely. after it and just let them in because I'm seeing people live their best lives with not a lot of money, but they are so happy about what they're doing. You're seeing more people quit jobs now to to to, to follow their passion, and it's and it's a uh, mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a it's a message that can never be repeated enough. Just go for it. So, yes, you're going to get knocked down, 
And but this show's called the movement. That's a movement. It's it's you're gonna there go you through go. shifts <laughs> in your life. And and you're yeah. gonna get if you don't get if you don't get a hit to the chin every once in a while, to me there's something because you're trying to avoid failure. You can't avoid failure. You cannot no, you can't. avoid failure Absolutely. if you're going through your movements and the ultimate failure is if you don't even try to begin with. So I I, I take my hat off to you for 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 saying that and that that is just amazing. I'm really, really proud of you. Um, I have about four minutes left in the show. So what I would like for you to do is, first of all, please give out the, the your you know your website address again. I know you already did. I would love for you to give it again and any mm-hmm. contact information as well. And then I want Jan Farisi to leave us with uh, just a little, just a message of, you know, just wherever you want to speak from, because I, I got a lot out of this mm-hmm. interview, wherever you want to speak <laughs> from. So just give us how they can contact you, what you provide, and then I'm just going to let you speak. Yeah, my uh, contact information, um, I can always be emailed at Janet at creativecoachingllc.com or visit my website, creativecoachingllc.com. Also, find me on uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, and as far as the... And I mainly focus on relationship coaching, and it's, you know, people just assume, do I, you know, it does, does it re, you know, involve love relationships? It's beyond dating or what have you. There's more to relationships. I mean, we have relationships with people we work with. We have our relationships with our kids, our family. So it's just not about relationships with a significant other. It's relationships with people all around us. I mean, that's the key. Yes. Having healthy relationships, yes. you, you know, it's so important. And, um, and I, you know, I'll be happy to, I do offer a, a free complimentary session so they can, you know, learn. And, and then we also got to make sure we're a fit. You, in anything, you've got to feel like you can connect with that person. It's like choosing anyone, your agent, real estate, whatever. You want to make sure there's a connection. So, and that's an, an opportunity to find a we have that connection. Uh, and then also, as I mentioned again, I love volunteering, and I wish I had 48 hours in a day. I would be doing it probably half right. a day. But if there's <laughs> opportunities um, for me to come in and make a difference, if you have an organization or what have you, or a program that you're working with teens, uh, I, would be, I would love to, you know, be part of that and, and make a difference and, you know, find ways that I can... Uh, inspire and, and connect, and um, and it actually brings me a lot of joy. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to hold back some of my emotions here right now because I don't realize just how important it is to, you know, connect. I mean, teens, you know, you can't just look at them as like, oh, they're just bad, nothing, you know, they're bad. No, but there's something they need that they're searching for. Talk to them. Give them a chance. Give them an opportunity. And, uh, that's the key thing is just listen, listen to their story. Look at my story. Most people would not have imagined that for you know short period of time I was homeless. People don't see that. But if you sit down and talk with them, you know for what they've been through. Not everyone I've been fortunate to have that I was able to overcome that. But people process things differently, and I was, and but not everyone has that gift, unfortunately. And so that's where you have to be their gift. So, um, oh, far as an inspired message, ah, don't give up. <laughs> never, never give up. I mean, it's, I 
always like sending little messages to my kids. I'll text them things and, 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 and just inspire people. Just send a note and you don't know what a person needs that day. And, and I love doing that. I, I love just for people like my posts. I get messages like, yeah, you're so positive or it's just because I want to, you know, and, you know, it's not people think, oh, you know, it's, that's, all fluffy stuff. No, when you continuously hear something positive, it's instilling your mind. You continuously think like that. So my message is be a positive, make a positive impact in someone else's life. Send them a positive. Send them a text. Say, hey, you know, I see you, you know, you're doing your thing and keep it up and, and just inspire others. You know, show that you care to your words. And so if there's a message, that's the message. Be an inspiration to others. If Jennifer Ricci had a mic, I would tell her to drop it right now because that's exactly what she just did. <laughs> she just dropped some knowledge on this audience. And, um, and again, I'm, we, you and I have reached out through social media was several years ago, and we've always connected. And we've kind of watched each other go through, uh, go through our shifts and our movements. And, and like I said, when, as I said earlier, when you decided to step away and do this, I was so proud of you and so happy. For you. And I remember telling you because my show was launching, not too far after I said, I want you on the show. And I think you remember me telling you that because mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk about, because you have followed your passion and to have you here for the last 50 plus minutes to tell your story has been absolutely fantastic. Again, you can email Janet at Janet at creativecoachingllc.com. Go to creativecoachingllc.com to get a hold of this fantastic woman. She wants to speak to at-risk teens. I don't know anybody better than this woman here. Janet, I sincerely want to say to you, thank you for being, you know, sharing your movement and being part of your movement. And thank you for being part of my movement today. We are close in proximity of each other. We are going to meet one day first face to face. That is one of my life goals to meet you face to face. And I want to thank you for coming on my show today. Oh, thank you too, Shannon. It's a blessing. Thank you. That is it for the movement next week. CEO and founder of Real Estate Worldwide, Kent Clothier. We'll talk about how he had it all, lost it all, and got it all back, and now is looking to be a influencer in the world, as he already is, and he's impacted my, my life as well. Thank you for being part of the movement. If you have not started your movement, what are you waiting for? Get started. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.